Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. 20 December. week of Christmas. It's 20 December. It's Sunday. It's time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Uh, If you know the symbolism of the day, people get all bent out of shape over their pet peeves, and some Christians don't like celebrating Christmas. That's fine. You're allowed to celebrate what you want in this world. Um, The significance of this day is that Jesus was actually physically born on Rosh Hashanah is what it would be called today. It's actually in the Bible. It's the feast of the Lord known as Yom Teruah. Okay. I know there's people that say that he was born uh, in the Easter time and, uh, you know, in in March, April, uh, Jonathan Kahn teaches that that's not biblically accurate. I want you to know Jesus Christ was born on Yom Teruah. He is the fulfillment of that feast. And if you back that feast up 270 days it will come to this time of year. As a matter of fact, it's fallen on 25 December several times in the past century. I think it's eight times. Um, Anyway, he was conceived at this time of the year. He was certainly conceived on the Feast of Dedication, which they call Hanukkah, which is the Feast of Lights. He is the light of the world. And uh, that corresponds, as I said, um, about eight times in the past um, 100 years Hanukkah and Christmas have fallen on the same day. And so you can see that Christ was conceived at this time of the year. He was actually born as a human being. Uh, If you use the Korean dating system, uh, Koreans, when they're uh, 40 years old, they'll say, I'm 41 years old, because they actually go from their time of conception, not their time of birth. And that would be the same with uh, anybody that is biblically minded, is that the child in a womb is a human being from the moment it's conceived. So that's what we're celebrating here today. So if you're bent out of shape over me saying Christmas, um, you don't need to be anymore. This is the celebration of Christ coming into the world. Having said that, I've got a couple things that I'd like to uh, mention. Uh, There are some people that take care of the live streaming on YouTube, and they do this. You know, I don't get involved in that. I'm always here, and so I don't see the live stream. I don't get to see these people and what they do, but they're monitors for it. Um, They were set up uh, years ago, and uh, one of them is Douglas, a.k.a. the Celtic Warrior. If you know him, he does a painting for every single sermon that we've done for many, many years. Uh, We also have Nuke. uh, His name is online. He's Nuke Zero. His name is Lee. And then we have a guy, uh, Guido Sarducci. He's actually Jim. I can't pronounce his last name. I think it's Ernage. And if I said that wrong, Jim, I'm sorry. Uh, then we have uh, Walter Debman. We've got Ryan Jackson, who is just starting out. He's our newest moderator. And I want to thank all of them very much for what they do because they keep the streaming services, you know, under control. You get trolls in there. They try to uh, damage people that are online and say nasty things and people get out of control with their words or whatever. And they've taken care of that. And then we had one of our moderators this past October die, Andrew Holton. And so we want to remember him and thank uh, the Lord for his service while he was doing that. And then we also have Sergio, who is, uh, we know he and his wife live in Israel. They're visiting the U.S. right now, but they work out of Nazareth, Israel, and they have kept the streaming services online every single Bible study and every single 
service that we have had for years and years. He's always doing it. I don't care if it's two o'clock in the morning where he's at, if he's on vacation somewhere, he's always making sure these things work. And so I want to thank him and Rhoda very much for doing that. And I want to congratulate them because Sergio and Rhoda have gotten an approved green card to move to the United States of America. And so that's a wonderful thing. And uh, they will be going back. They'll be getting that green card um, processed, and then they will be moving here to the U.S., but they will continue their videos, the Sergio and Rhoda videos, because every year they plan on traveling back, filming, and then coming back here to process the videos. So uh, hats off to them. I'd also like to thank Mike, who uh, takes care of the website, uh, he's done this for many years. He developed the website all by himself. He volunteered to do this. He has received no pay. He will not accept anything for his services. And he checks every single thing I do every single day. Everything I type, everything I upload, Mike checks it. He's, he's the most wonderful person to have take care of that type of thing for us. And so thank Mike. And then we have Lisa D., who is out in Idaho. She takes care of the online prayer requests and she's been doing this for a year two years three years i don't know how long but uh, if there is a superior word prayer request group and she's been taking care of that and so i want to thank her as well and then also finally we have everyone who has supported this ministry and they've done that faithfully we've never asked for anything in this ministry ever ever for this ministry we've asked for missionaries we've asked for churches over in china but we've never asked for anything for this church and i thank you if you have been a part of helping this ministry stay open, because it's been since October of 2013 that we've been in this building, and we're very, very grateful for everybody who has helped this ministry. So thank you for that. Um, one more thing I'd like to uh, say before we actually get going is that uh, I have a book that I got about a year ago, and um, it's really wonderful. It's so nice that I bought it for some of my friends, and I sent it to them. It's called uh, Laodicea. And I'm not, you know, one to promote books ever. I don't read books because I don't have time for it. But this one is obviously short enough. It's a couple pages and it's very short. But the guy did wonderful drawings on it. Uh, and it's about the Church of Laodicea from the book of Revelation. And I want to recommend this because it's something that just touched me personally. It's by Christopher Vega, and you can get it online at uh, Amazon.com. And so it's just something I wanted to recognize because it's something I've given to some of my own friends. Um, so there you go with that. And this will be at the church. Anybody that wants to read it, it'll take you 15 minutes to read, but it's a great book. And uh, thank Christopher for that. So having got all of that out of the way, and before we get into our first category, as always, which is Israel, I'd like to read an, just the title from an article from Mail Online. Surgeon General Jerome Adams says people still need to wear masks and socially distance after they have been vaccinated because it doesn't prevent infection, just serious illness. Ah, there you go. That's that's the policy of the United States of America on your uh, COVID vaccine. So from Israel, our first category, as I said, is Israel from all Israel. Poverty in Israel soars amid COVID-19 pandemic. And this is happening all over the world, but it's also happening, obviously, in Israel. The number of Israeli families living in poverty has increased by more than one quarter of a million due to the coronavirus crisis, warns the Alternative Poverty Report. The crisis has affected more than half of all Israelis negatively. According to the report, with 422,000 households living in financial hardship and an additional 143,000 households facing food insecurity. Compared to 2019, the percentage of families living below the poverty line has risen dramatically. 
from 20.1% in 2019 to 29.3% in 2020, said Latet, a nonprofit that works to reduce poverty in Israel through welfare and meal services. The Israeli middle class has shrunk by 15.5% since the outbreak of the COVID-19 crisis, and less than a quarter of all Israeli households have remained financially unaffected by the crisis. So you can see this is happening everywhere. It's happening in Israel, and it's happening to millions of people in America as well. People are losing their livelihoods because of a uh, virus that has what I think I heard last night, a 99.8% survival rate. From Arts Shiva, Netanyahu, development of a green passport to encourage vaccination is underway. We talked about it last week. They're working on it. From the Times of Israel, Israel said considering restrictions on those who refuse COVID vaccine. Under the proposal being considered, those who refuse to be inoculated will only be allowed to fly, attend certain events, dine at restaurants, or frequent cultural venues by providing a recent negative result from a coronavirus test. In other words, you get your coronavirus vaccine, which we talked about last week, you can do anything, anytime, anywhere. But if you don't, then you have to get tested every time you want to go anywhere. So that's it. Um, from Ynet. Israeli military moles making coronavirus vaccination mandatory for troops. Military officials are set to hold a discussion on the issue with the chief military prosecutor and the chief medical officer, with the main obstacle appearing to be a concern on how the vaccine will affect the troops' performance. If approved, the decision will be precedent-setting since neither flu vaccinations nor blood donations are mandated by any official military command. So there you go with that. From the Times of Israel, Israel flag, thank you, Mossad, sign appears in Iran after nuke scientist was killed. This is actually something that was hanging in Iran. An Israeli flag and an English sign reading, thank you, Mossad, were placed over a billboard in Iran after following the assassination of a top Iranian scientist last month, alleged by Israel. So these people in Iran are actually happy about that happening. From I-24. Israel announces plan to land three spacecraft on the moon. We saw the last one crashed. It was last year, and uh, they're trying again, but they're planning on sending three up. I hope they get one of the three. Maybe that's what they're doing is they're trying to beat the odds on crashing. I don't know. But the Chinese uh, just landed one a while ago. They picked up some rocks, and that has landed. Um, so uh, that's the first time anybody's brought back from them anything from the moon in quite a while, but from the times of Israel. In First for Arab World, Moroccan schools to teach Jewish history and culture. They just made this deal with them a week ago, and they said that it was worked on before, but here you go. The decision to add Jewish history and culture to lessons was discreetly launched before the diplomatic deal was announced. Part of an ongoing revamp of Morocco's school curriculum since 2014, the lessons will be included from next term for children in their final year of primary school, aged 11, the education ministry said. The move aims to highlight Morocco's diverse identity. So they're actually going to be promoting that in Morocco. From Israel Today, Israeli army teaches soldiers about Jesus. The IDF are using the teachings of Jesus to help train soldiers. And why not? He is the Jewish Messiah, according to many prophecies, and his teachings are rooted in the Hebrew scriptures, reflecting the best in Jewish wisdom and faith. Still, reports have been coming out on Israeli media from IDF soldiers complaining about the using of New Testament teachings as part of their military preparation. 
In one training program for battlefield medics, IDF officers are using the parable of the Good Samaritan as an example of caring for those who have been injured, including Jews, Arabs, and anyone in need. Etan, a soldier who had completed his training in the medic program, told the online news portal 0404, he said, We were shocked. In an innocent first aid lesson, the commander opened by reading from the New Testament and explained how Christianity was a religion of peace and grace. He tried to teach us how much Jesus cared for people and how much we needed to learn from him to provide first aid as soldiers. So they're actually teaching this. Some people are very unhappy about it and other people are actually very happy about it. All in one little country in the Middle East that hasn't really had Jesus as the subject for 2,000 years. From Christian times, Bethlehem's inns are empty this Christmas. Tourism to the biblical city celebrated as Jesus' birthplace remains halted with West Bank under lockdown. From all Israeli news, Israel to be the first country to institute green passport for those who take the COVID-19 shot. That's what I said a minute ago, and this is something that a couple days later they've confirmed they are the first country to do it. Vaccines won't be mandatory, but a plan is being devised to make people understand themselves the consequences of not getting vaccinated. In other words, you've got to do it or you're not going to have a normal life. From Christian News Today, I'd like to congratulate uh, I mentioned Doug, the moderator, Celtic warrior for Christ. His wife, Doe, finished all of the Genesis sermons, and uh, she's going on to Exodus, so congratulations to her. Um, while I'm talking about issues dealing with Christianity, I'd like to make an appeal for somebody. Um, I do this once in a while. We have um, Isaac, who is in Uganda. He always has needs. He does more for the people of Uganda than any person probably on this planet. He is a tireless uh, worker. And uh, if you ever want to help the people in Uganda, I would suggest you go through him. If you need to know how to uh, donate to him, you can contact me. But specifically this week, I'd like to mention Pastor Silas, who is at the Superior Word Church in Kenya. He's got a great deal of people that they take care of over there. They take care of women's ministries, especially uh, widowed women. Um, they have um, children's ministries, and he's got a budget which he sent me, and it's close to $3,000 that they could use for Christmas gifts, for clothes, for shoes, for dolls for children, and for, you know, rice, and all the things that they do for these people. And I will try to remember to put some photos of him and the people he ministers to up on the uh, update while I'm talking about this. But if you have extra money for the holidays and you want something that maybe would be beneficial to very, very poor people, I would ask that you consider giving to them over there in Kenya. And uh, it would be just a wonderful thing. And also Uganda as well. But this week I'm specifically highlighting Pastor Silas because uh, I haven't done so in a while and they always have a great need over there. So thank you if you do that. From the Christian Headlines, Churches are essential and can exceed attendance caps, Colorado governor says. She tried to shut them down. Some people sued, and now she has to admit that she was wrong. Nearly two months after losing a court case over COVID-19 restrictions, Colorado's governor has declared churches and other houses of worship essential and has removed attendance caps. Now, as I said last week, and I'd like every person here who's watching, because as I said, I had quite a few people in the UK email me last night and this morning, and they're all in distress that they, uh, I said this before we started the update, but uh, they are in distress because they have been completely locked down in the UK. And I'll read that in a minute uh, when I get to another article. But um, they are probably feeling like they're not essential. They're probably 
feeling like they're cows in a, a you know a herd that's being put into a, a farm or something and that is not correct we're human beings and we have a right to go out and live our lives properly and when governments do these things people need to stand up against it and uh, so uh, I'm glad that this happened in Colorado and I hope it will happen in England as well where people can start actually getting back and worshiping the Lord without all these dumb restrictions and stop being locked down in their homes to the point where they're being driven crazy but I'll go on the new order issued by Colorado Governor Jared Polis and the state health department December 7th lists worship services. I think I said she, I meant he, if I said the governor was a she, it hardly matters on the left, but um, uh, it lists worship services, weddings and funerals as essential and says they may exceed recommended capacity caps if they cannot conduct their essential activity within the current restrictions. In other words, there can be no restrictions and they know that. All right, from WND, governor, Christians don't need to be in churches. The governor announced, this is uh, Northam in Virginia, the governor announced a new executive order expanding mask mandates, setting a curve. Don't you feel good living in Florida? You can walk around, you can be free, you can go eat anywhere you want. They aren't shutting anybody down. I feel so bad for people that email me and say, we're being locked down again, or we've got this restriction or that or whatever. I just feel terrible for people being treated like this. It's just, it's disgusting what's happening in this world. All right, so he's got the expanded mass mandate setting a curfew between midnight and 5 a.m., just like other states. Apparently, you can't get COVID during the day, but you can get it at nighttime, and lowering the number of people at social gatherings to 10 or less people. Though these restrictions do not affect houses of worship, Northern urged those who wish to continue worshiping in person to stay home and practice recommended safety measures due to a rise in coronavirus cases. For me, this is his words, for me, God is wherever you are, okay? Well, it says in the book of Hebrews that you're not to forsake the gathering together of the brethren, okay? Now, some people obviously cannot do that because they're in places where they don't have churches anymore or the, all they have is bad churches, and we welcome them online when they attend. But if you can attend, that's what they would ask you to do. You don't have to sit in the church pew to, for God to hear your prayers. Well, that's absolutely true. But you want to attend the church for fellowship, for getting along with other people, for hearing a word you know, presented to you for whatever reason. And he has no right to say these things. He has none at all, and he ought to keep his mouth shut about those issues. From Mail Online. Churches across the United States commit to paying millions in racism-linked reparations in bid to reckon with the wrongs and evils of our past. Now, I want you to know, I can think of a lot of things that churches should be doing. The main one is getting the gospel out. And these are churches that you never hear the gospel. I know because I grew up in the Episcopal Church, and I couldn't have told you why Jesus came or what he did for us if you had paid me a million dollars. I couldn't have given you an answer. I think most of the people in here have come out of like that type of a church, a Catholic church or whatever, where they never heard the gospel, okay? And, and now they're worrying about this kind of nonsense instead of giving out the truth of Jesus Christ and getting people saved instead of sending them to hell. So here we go. It says, um, long-established Protestant churches are especially active in this effort. Churches in Texas and New York City revealed they were built through wealth accumulated through the practice of slavery. The largest Episcopal pledge has come from the Diocese of Texas, which is allocating $13 million to long-term programs. Methodist and Lutheran churches are also considering creating reparations. So there you go. That's their priority in this world, and uh, that's just not what a church should be involved in. I'm sorry. From Zero Hedge. 
group overseeing $10 trillion, $10 trillion, called Guardians for Inclusive Capitalism, signs partnership with, anybody read this? The Vatican. A historic new partnership between the Vatican and some of the world's largest investment and business leaders called the Council for Inclusive Capitalism has officially launched. Oh, and did we mention it is being helped along by a member of the Rothschild family, Lynn Forrester de Rothschild? The council says its formation signifies the urgency of joining moral and market imperatives to reform capitalism into a powerful force for the good of humanity. This sounds just like the mother, the harlot in Mother of Harlots in Revelation. That's exactly what it sounds like to me. It goes on, under the moral guidance of the Pope, yeah, under the moral guidance of the Pope, it says it invites companies of all sizes to harness the potential of the private sector to build a fairer, more inclusive, and sustainable economic foundation for the world. And get this, the council is led by a core group of global leaders called the Guardians for Inclusive Capitalism. This group, who you have likely never heard of until today, apparently meet annually with Pope Francis and Cardinal Turkson and represents more than $10.5 trillion in assets under management. Companies with over $2.1 trillion of market capitalization and 200 million workers in over 163 countries. You talk about the Mother Earth harlots if you can't see it right there. That is it. And, you know, people are always debating, is it the Roman Catholic Church or not? There's no doubt. It is called the city on seven hills. That is what Rome has been known for forever. And people try to divert the attention away from that by saying, well, there's 52 cities in the world that are on seven hills. None have ever been called the city on seven hills. None of them. It is the Vatican, it is Rome, and that's where all of the end times things are coming out. If you don't know that, start reading my daily commentary on Revelation. I've been uh, sending it out now for seven chapters. We're starting, I think, Revelation 8 verse 1 tomorrow. Maybe we started it today. Anyway, um, and we're going to continue one verse at a time until we finish Revelation 22 verse 21. It'll take us almost another year to finish, but you'll understand these things a little bit better. Um, and you can get that on the Superior Word website. Just go to today, click on it, and that's whatever I posted that day at four o'clock in the morning. There you go. Read that, and eventually we'll be up to the mother of uh, harlots, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. But we'll go on. Um, let's see here. Pope Francis said in the council's press release, an economic system that is fair, trustworthy, and capable of addressing the most profound challenges facing humanity and our planet is urgently needed. You have taken up the challenge by seeking ways to make capitalism become a more inclusive instrument for integral human well-being. And by linking what appears to be the most powerful people on earth, overseeing an ungodly amount of money to the Vatican. Lynn Forrester de Rothschild, founder of the Council and Managing Partner of Inclusive Capital Partners, commented, Capitalism has created enormous global prosperity but it has also left too many people behind, led to degradation of our planet, and is not widely trusted in society. This council will follow the warning from Pope Francis to listen to the cry of the earth and the cry of the poor and answer society's demands for a more equitable and sustainable model of growth. In other words, his communism, which he pushes on the world, and every time you have a communist state in this world, what happens? People die. Always. That's always the end result. People get richer here and they get poorer here. There's the subjugation of the masses and people are slaughtered usually by the millions. From the Christian Post, 
British Catholic bishops say getting COVID-19, oh, they, they have morals, don't they? Getting COVID-19 vaccine is not sinful, even if it is from an aborted fetus. Wow. Yes, these are British Catholic bishops saying that it's okay. You can't abort babies. You can't do any of those terrible things, except now with COVID-19, it's okay. Yeah, BizPack Review. Tucker Carlson, he says, there's a reason politicians are trying to cancel Christmas. Just, you get it from the title. Everybody wants to cancel Christmas because this is the message of hope in the world. This is the one thing that will save people's lives and send them to a different destiny than they would otherwise be going to. Every person on this planet is born in sin. Every person is conceived in iniquity. That's called original sin. It travels from father to child. There's nothing we can do about it. We're already separated from God the day that we are born. And Jesus Christ came to reconcile that. And Tucker Carlson is right. There is a reason politicians are trying to cancel Christmas. They don't want this message of hope. CBS, Black Lives Matter nativity scene draws attention at Claremont United Methodist Church. Yes. Mideast Africa News from the Times of Israel. Saudi Arabia is said to have played role in Israeli-Morocco normalization agreement. As we saw with Pakistan last week, they're saying that it had to have been the Saudis that were involved in that, that are trying to get the Pakistanis to, uh, you know, uh, unite with Israel, such as the case with Morocco as well. The report did not detail the Saudi involvement in the U.S. broker deal, and Riyadh has not officially reacted to the accord. However, Saudi Arabia plays a central role in the region, especially among Sunni states, leading many analysts to speculate that none of the recent normalization deals would have been allowed without a green light from Saudi Arabia. In a sign of Saudi support, a prominent newspaper associated with the Saudi royal family put the Israel-Morocco deal on its front page. Unnamed Israeli diplomatic sources told the TV channel that it was very possible that Riyadh would also be prepared to normalize relations with Israel soon. This despite Saudi Arabia being reportedly furious with Israel over the leak of a meeting that took place last month between Netanyahu and Crown Prince MBS. And we remember we reported on that. Apparently they wanted to keep it secret. A report on Channel 13 TV, meanwhile, said that Saudi Arabia was working together with the Trump admin to get several other nations to sign normalization agreements with Israel, possibly before the Biden administration takes over next month. The unsourced report said that Bin Salman was following the matter closely in an effort to prepare the ground for an eventual Israel-Saudi deal. The report speculated that Oman, which praised the Israel-Morocco deal, would be next. It also said that Indonesia, the world's most populous Muslim nation, was eager to have public ties with Israel. So we'll see. We'll see where all of this goes. I think uh, Malaysia would be a, a really tough bet at this point. They're very hostile to Israel, but they I don't believe Mahathir Mohammed is their uh, PM anymore. If he's not, things could change. He really hated the Israelis. He was there when I was there, and then he became prime minister again, and uh, you know they they didn't have good relations. But Indonesia apparently wants to you know, chum up with Israel. So this is pretty interesting stuff that's going on in the world right now. From uh, Times of Israel, White House notifies Congress of planned $1 billion worth of weapon sale to Morocco. The White House notified Congress of potential weapon sales to Morocco worth $1 billion after announcing the Trump-brokered normalization agreement between Jerusalem and Rabat. The deal includes four MQ-9B Sea Guardian drones and precision-guided munitions. Some of the other weapons included in the deal are the Hellfire, Paveway, and JDAM precision-guided munitions. 
The U.S. State Department has authorized the sale of the drones, but it was unclear whether Washington would allow them to be exported with the weapons attached. So they may have to take them up, put them in separate uh, containers and ship them off and show them how to put them back on the drones. But they're going to get these weapons, and that's pretty cool as well. From Art Shiva, satellite imagery shows Iran's nuclear program is going underground. If you follow Prophecy News at all, you have read this. If you don't, here you go. Pictures show what are thought to be newly built entrances to tunnels under a ridge in a mountain south of Natanz, around 140 miles south of the capital. There are what appear to be two tunnel entrances on either side of a large ridge with a pile of spoil from excavation nearby. The space between the two entrances is large enough to accommodate a facility about the same size as the centrifuge assembly building that was destroyed this summer and that Iran indicated it was rebuilding in the mountains. An imagery analysis affiliated with the Center for International Security and cooperation at Stanford University pointed to other suspicious signs of excavation near the debris pile, such as trails of excavated earth, which are lighter in color than the existing hard-packed road. It has been known for months that something is going on around Natanz with new roads under construction and evidence of ongoing excavations. With advances in technology, keeping such projects secret is virtually, if not entirely, impossible. But undaunted, the Iranians just keep digging. From Mongolia. Climate change, not Genghis Khan, was to blame for wiping out Central Asia's medieval river civilizations 700 years ago. Okay, so they're blaming climate change from 700 years ago instead of Genghis Khan. It's been thought destruction of river civilizations was due to Mongol invasions. New research from the University of Lincoln experts challenges this long-held view. The team investigated Otrar Oasis, a former Silk Road trade hub in Kazakhstan. So if that's true, then that means that climate change is something that's been going on all along and we don't need to worry about it. So there you go. I mean, they, they put out these arguments and they say things not thinking through the logical conclusion of what will happen. So from Daniel 12 Technology, Zero Hedge, autonomous drone to launch satellites into orbit for Space Force. Forget air launching rockets at high altitudes from a conventional aircraft to carry satellites to low Earth orbit because now a drone can do that. A startup in Alabama called Avum, A-E-V-U-M, unveiled the Robin X autonomous launch vehicle designed to carry and launch satellites into low orbit. According to a company press release, Robin X is the world's largest unmanned aircraft system by mass designed to deliver satellites to space as fast as every 180 minutes. They can fly up there, put a satellite into orbit, fly back down, get another one and put another one up in 180 minutes. Avum's customer and mission partner, the U.S. Space Force, will launch Space Force's Aslan 45 satellite into orbit sometime in 2021. Robin X is a beast of an airframe, weighing in at 55,000 pounds when it's carrying a rocket with a satellite payload. Robin X will likely be used to quickly launch military satellites into space during the next major conflict when space-based war has our adversaries use hypersonic missiles to knock out critical satellites. The ability to deliver satellites into orbit in three hours is game-changing. In other words, and Russia just went and tested another one of these, blowing up satellites with missiles, okay? They tested that this past week. So if they can do that, they can take out three of our satellites. We can replace those three satellites within 
about a half a day. That's the importance of what we're looking at right now. So it's going to make it pointless to blow up our satellites because one, we can get them back up there. And two, all you're doing is you're damaging the space around all the other satellites because now that becomes space junk, which can destroy your own satellites. So this is something that kind of changes the entire dynamic of blowing up people's satellites right there. Okay, New York Post. Flame-throwing drones incinerate hornets' nests amid infestation in China. This is something that I talked about a year or two ago where they came up with this technology and it is now being deployed. A group of volunteers has converted drones into deadly flamethrowers to fight against an infestation of hornets' nests in central China. Videos released show a recent mission to bring down 11 hornet's nests in the city. The drone hovers above a hive before swooping down. The drone operator presses an ignition switch and the drone hurls out a tongue of fire into the hive. The burning ashes of the wasp nests generally peel off and fall away. So that's kind of cool uh, technology if you want to use a drone for burning things up. They now have the technology. So from Revelation Plagues, I entitled this a Mary... COVID Christmas. Okay, Breitbart. Belgian police will knock on doors at Christmas to enforce coronavirus rules. Breitbart. Kaylee McAnany. If you can loot during a pandemic, you can celebrate Christmas responsibly. From Fox. Biden's stern warning. You cannot be traveling during the holidays. Mail Online. Dr. Fauci doubles down on CDC Christmas warning and tells Americans not to travel and minimize gatherings at home for the holiday season. NPR, this is from 6 December. California panics, 85% of the state now under stay-at-home orders till after Christmas. From the AP, UN Health Agency's advice for the holidays, don't hug. From Reuters, Americans get stern holiday COVID warning, no Christmas parties. A top coronavirus advisor for Joe Biden delivered a stern holiday message to the Americans on Thursday. No Christmas parties for you. Mail online. The final nail in the coffin for New York City restaurants. Indoor dining will stop despite it causing less than 1.34% of new COVID cases. Less than 2% of COVID cases come out of restaurants and they're shutting them down. Cuomo said indoor dining would close in New York City because hospitalizations continue to increase. New York City has a citywide test positivity rate of 4%, and it varies greatly by borough. Manhattan's test positivity rate is just 2.3%, whereas in Staten Island, it is 4.7%. All of the new COVID cases across the entire state, um, restaurants and bars, are causing only one3 of them. The overwhelming majority, more than 73%, are coming from private indoor gatherings. Restaurant owners said Cuomo's decision was the nail in the coffin for many. Now, I just read an article this morning, maybe I'll give you the title next week just so you don't think I made it up, is that California is now the worst state in the nation for coronavirus, and they are the most lockdown state in the nation. So that shows you that it is having exactly the opposite effect that it should be having. Isn't that how gun control works too? That's how gun control works as well. That's correct. That's why we need more gun control. That's exactly right. Okay, I got this uh, last night from my friends outside of London, Benzer and Sandra, and I got a few more, as I said, Chris Perry and um, Graham over in Scotland. They all emailed me saying what's happening in England right now. Mm -hmm. The planned relaxation of COVID rules for Christmas has been scrapped for large parts of Southeast England and cut to just Christmas Day for the rest of England. 
From midnight, a new Tier 4 will be introduced in areas such as London, Kent, Essex, and Bedfordshire. A stay-at-home will be issued to residents there, with those traveling to work for education exempt. Social mixing will be cut to meeting one person in an open public space. And then my friend Graham in Scotland said this morning, only one household maximum of six people for up to an hour. That's it. No, that's it. So you can't have any Christmas at all, because if you do, you got seven people in your house, you can be arrested. So he's asking for prayers for them, and we will be praying for them at the end of the service. Um, all yes. they have to do is not comply. They can't possibly have They can't possibly overwhelm every house. That's right. And that's what they're doing in New York and places. Some sheriffs have actually said, we're not going to enforce this. But if they just not comply, nobody's going to be able to do a thing. Some people will be singled out, and they'll, they'll get in trouble. But for the most part, I would just live my life. That's all I would do. All right, I got a couple articles that I added in this morning, okay? Now, I have to say this as a disclaimer, or we'll be shut off. I am not claiming that there was fraud in the election. Does everybody understand that? Okay. That's, that's just my stand here so that you understand this. I'm going to read you something that I was uh, thinking of last night about 2 o'clock in the morning. If any foreign interference is found in regard to this hack, which has taken over the whole nation, okay, this attack on the infrastructure of the cyber uh, world, okay? And it has attacked our nuclear program. It's attacked here. It's attacked there. It's, okay? These are my comments. If any foreign interference is found in regard to this hack on the government, it will call into question everything that happened on 3 November. The president could ostensibly invoke the 12 September 2018 executive order entitled Executive Order on Imposing Certain Sanctions in the Event of Foreign Interference in the United States Election concerning this event. If that were to happen, there is now no longer any excuse for distributing ballots by mail. The vaccine has been approved and is being administered. Anyone who claims he is too fearful to vote has the choice to accept a vaccination, thus becoming immune from the fear death of COVID-19. Anyone who refused the vaccination is making a public proclamation that he or she accepts life without it and thus has no excuse to not go out and vote. Such a vote could be printed, distributed, and taken within a matter of days. With only one selection for candidates on the ballot, it would be virtually impossible to make an error on such a ballot. Mm -hmm. As this attack has been acknowledged by senators and representatives as equal to an act of war, I'll read you an article on that in a minute, the response to it, including such a voting scenario, could be handled by the military as a response to such an act of war. That's just my thoughts on it. I'm not claiming anything was done wrong. I'm just simply saying if they find that out, that would be the case. Epic Times. Trump says voting machines may have been breached by solar winds hacked during election. The CEO of Dominion Voting Systems, the company under controversy after the November election, said on Tuesday that the company has never used the Solar Winds Orion platform, which experts believe was breached by hackers as far back as last year. Don't get in a panic yet. We don't use the Solar Winds Orion package that was the subject of the DHS report from the 13th, CEO John Polis told legislatures in Michigan via video link. However, a screenshot of Dominion webpage that the Epic Times captured shows that Dominion does use Solar Winds technology. It's right there at the bottom of their thing. Solar Winds LLC or LTD or whatever it said down there. Dominion later altered the page to remove any reference to Solar Winds, but the Solar Winds website is still in the page's source code. So he lied in his testimony to Michigan. 
They did use these, okay? Senator Chris Coons, now this is a Democrat. They've really got themselves in a box with this one. Senator Chris Coons, Democrat from Delaware, told MSNBC, it's pretty hard to distinguish this, meaning that cyber attack, from an act of aggression that rises to the level of an attack that qualifies as war. So he has said that this is an act of war against the United States of America. We now have a foreign invasion into our voting systems. I'm telling you, they say Donald Trump has been doing nothing. All week he hasn't been seen, and he's just not responding to this. That guy is lawyered up right now. And whatever they think is going on, it will be coming out very soon. Mark my words on this. I'm not making any comment about, yes, he's going to prevail in this or anything like that. The Lord is the one who sets up rulers. The Lord is the one who deposes rulers. The Bible says that explicitly twice. It says it in Daniel, and it refers to it in the book of Romans. I think it's chapter 13. Okay, all authority or all government authority is at the will of the Lord. And I know that's a uh, misquote, but that's Charlie Garrett's paraphrase. Okay, but this is uh, Senator Coons. This is as destructive and broad scale an engagement with our military systems, our intelligence systems, as has happened in my lifetime. Now, he said that. They cannot say that he didn't say that now, and it is recorded. It's an act of war, and we have them demonstrating that they went into Dominion voting systems. So everybody see the connection. I'm not claiming anything has gone wrong. I'm just reporting articles here, okay? Epic Times, Joe Biden appears to outperform in counties using Dominion or Hart voting machines, says a data analyst, okay? Epic Times, redacted information in Dominion audit report shows races were flipped from an analyst. That's just reading the titles. Okay, now here's what I thought this morning after typing all this up. I added in one more thought for you. Dominion could be in great trouble, but they could get out of it. They could get out of that great trouble by simply acknowledging something. Here it is. Dominion could ostensibly get away with washed hands if they concede that they were hacked. If they admit this, they would then be less likely to be prosecuted for willful fraud. If they admit this, however, they would then be acknowledging a corrupt election. Pompeo has acknowledged that the cyber attack is a Russian attack. Donald Trump says it's more likely the Chinese, but they know it's foreign in nature. Okay, morality today. Public school, second grade homework. Biden is your president, not Trump. Actively, not not future president. They're saying he is right now. Public school in San Antonio, Texas, gave a homework assignment December 1st to second graders that appeared to ask children to write the name of the current U.S. president, but only offered the name of Joe Biden as a choice and not that of Donald Trump. Yes, CNN, Bhutan Parliament, they just made an agreement with Israel last week. Can't understand it. Bhutan Parliament decriminalizes homosexuality to the delight of activists. I mean, that's in the middle of nowhere, and they're decriminalizing it. Weasel zippers. Michigan electors have to sit through the black national anthem after the real national anthem plays. I have no idea, but it's not something that should be in the political spectrum. I mean, whatever. From the Daily Wire, Disneyland was digitally adding masks to guests, not wearing them in photos. It is pledged to stop now. People were walking around Disneyland without their masks, and they digitally added them in. I would sue them for that. That's your right as a citizen to either enter if they allow you or not enter if they don't allow you. But if they do and you're not wearing a mask and they Photoshop one on your face, I would sue them. I'm not one to sue anybody, though, because I don't go to Disney World. From CNN, 
The UK will let some sexually active gay and bisexual men give blood, ending a controversial ban. Active. Not even it's been three months or eight months or whatever. Active. They can... Weasel zippers. Biden to name transgender woman as secretary of education. Can't find anybody else in the entire nation to put in that position than somebody... Keep my mouth quiet. Our other category from Deutsche Welle. UK readies naval vessels to arrest any European Union fishers in their waters. If they get a no-deal Brexit, they will arrest anybody in their international or in their private waters now. The UK readied armed Royal Navy ships to patrol its fishing waters in the case of a Brexit transition period ending without a free trade deal on future relations with the EU. Four 260-foot naval ships have been placed on standby to safeguard British waters from foreign vessels in the event that both UK and the EU decide to abandon efforts to secure an agreement. The ships will be allowed to stop, check, and seize all EU fishing boats caught within the UK's exclusive economic zone, which can extend 200 miles from shore. Now, obviously, you got the, uh, you know, the... The channel, the English channel, thank you. Obviously, that's divided in half or something. But anywhere else where there's no land, that's their waters. They will do this. The MOD announced that the vessels will be ready on January 1st to prevent possible clashes between EU and British fishing boats. Existing transitional Brexit rules stipulate the EU vessels will have access to British waters until the end of the year. From ABC, Pentagon weighs cutting most of its support to CIA's counterterrorism missions. Now, this is important because they have always used the military for CIA operations. What I think is happening, this is just a guess, that we're dealing with a president that is considering maybe staying in office for four years if things work out. He is cutting the CIA's ability to do the things that they have been doing because they are the deep state, according to him. Okay, and he is going to eliminate that possibility of them being able to do their operations against him and against the people of the United States. That Yeah, spooks. There you go. So here it goes. The Pentagon has told the CIA that it is weighing an end to the majority of the military support it provides to the agency's counterterrorism missions, according to a former senior admin intel official. It is unclear how the decision would impact the spy agency's worldwide counterterrorism missions that often rely on the U.S. military for logistical support and personnel. Acting Defense Secretary Christopher Miller sent a letter to CIA Director Gina Haspel outlining the decision. The CIA Special Activities Center carries out covert operations and has its own paramilitary force that carries out counterterrorism operations. While they act as an independent force, they often rely on the military for transportation and logistical support. Sometimes that means that military personnel end up being detailed to support the CIA's counterterrorism operations. They're trying to cut this in half now. Take the snake, cut off its head, and work from there. Zero Hedge. It will be a moot point if the election continues to go as people think it's going. Okay, it will be a moot point. But we're just preparing in case. That's what I think is happening up at the administration. Zero hedge. Hotels consider requiring all guests, hotels, any hotels, to have COVID vaccination. No. So not only are they doing these airlines now, they're talking about you go to a hotel, even if you drive to Georgia or you're driving through Georgia and you need to stop for the night, you got to have your vaccination proof. No. Hotels have now joined airlines in considering whether or not to mandate that all guests have proof of COVID-19 vaccination before being allowed to stay. No. Yeah. Zero hedge. 48% of you, you know what I was thinking 
over this past week after getting these type of articles together is that I just won't travel anymore. I, I will just not go anywhere. And it's okay for me because I live where everybody wants to travel to anyway. So it doesn't matter. I see a lot of heads nodding right now. Okay, let's see here. Um, Zero Hedge. 48% of U.S. small businesses fear that they may be forced to shut down permanently soon. I know this is kind of a repeat of last week, but it's another article with more numbers. Not even during the Great Depression of the 1930s did we see anything like this. The big corporate giants with extremely deep pockets will be able to easily weather another round of lockdowns. But for countless small businesses, this is literally a matter of life and death. According to a recent Alignable survey, 48% of U.S. small business owners fear that they could be forced to shut down permanently in the very near future. In fact, this number jumped from 42% just two months ago, demonstrating how several factors have converged to devastate small businesses. COVID resurgences, forced government reclosures, elevated customer fears, and a surge in online shopping at Amazon and other national economic giants. So there you go. Wealth redistribution at its best. Zero Hedge. 2020 is ending with 93% of global economies, 93% of global economies contracting and with markets at all-time highs. There's something wrong here, folks. There's a glaringly obvious reason why the piper will have to be paid for the euphoria of 2020, and that's the ugliest four-letter word of them all. D-E-B-T, debt. New York Post, nearly 90% of suspects charged with gun crimes in New York City are back on the street. Nearly 90% of suspects arrested on gun charges this year are back on the streets, fueling an historic spike in shootings that have left more than 1,756 dead or wounded, according to the NYPD. Why anybody would want to continue being a cop up there when you're doing your job arresting these people and it doesn't do any good. About 3,345 of the 3,793 perps arrested between January 1st and November 30th for firearms crimes, 88 were let go. 88%, just 450 remain in jail. Some of the suspects posted bail, but judges were required to release others under new reform laws that prohibit them from settling monetary bail on some gun possession cases. The crime became ineligible for bail in most circumstances under the January 1st law changes, which mandate judges to release collared suspects with no money down on hundreds of charges considered non-violent, even though they involve guns. I don't know, man. New York is just, I, I hate to say this because there are some decent people in New York. My daughter lives up in New York, but I have to tell you, they voted these people in. I find it very, very hard to have sympathy on them as a, a group. I'm not talking about individuals, so don't get me wrong there. But as a group, they've done it to themselves. They keep voting in these losers yep. from Mail Online. The end of the Big Apple as we know it. Governor Cuomo to review plan to convert Midtown Manhattan offices into residential apartments as just 10% of the city's workers return and a third of storefronts on some avenues are empty. Re yeah, who would want? Well, that's just it. This is what just yesterday, what's his name? Uh, uh, de Blasio openly said, our job here is to redistribute wealth. Yes, he openly said he was talking about the school systems, but he means everything. He means everything. By getting rid of these high paying people in New York, he's going to move in all the low budget people in New York. It's just going to be a swamp, a cesspool. 
real estate industry, New York is proposing changes to midtown zoning rules. Office buildings are struggling with just 10% of workers back in offices. Many retail tenants are behind millions in rent and battling with landlords. On Madison Avenue, more than a third of storefronts are now empty. Landlords seek to turn older office buildings into residential apartments. Mayor de Blasio supports proposal and Governor Cuomo says he will consider it. There you go. Orange County Sheriff's Department. Orange County Sheriff will release 1,800 felons back into the community so that they don't get COVID in jail. Okay, that came out last week, but wait, here's what happened. A judge told them, you are going to release 1,800 people. Zero hedge. California Sheriff refuses to release 1,800 inmates after judge's order. I have no intention of releasing any of these individuals from my custody. We are going to file an appeal and we're going to fight it. And if the judge has any intent of releasing any one of these individuals, he will have to go through line by line, name by name, and tell me which ones he is ordering released. Good job. I like that sheriff. Zero hedge. Dismal NFL ratings force networks to renegotiate with advertisers. Good. Absolutely terrible NFL ratings and pandemic-driven schedule changes are forcing television networks to renegotiate deals with advertisers to make up for the much smaller audience, according to a report in the Wall Street Journal, which adds that their opportunity to profit off of the remaining games during the typically lucrative holiday season is narrowing. They never mention the fact that they've completely screwed up by introducing a perverse agenda into their their what's supposed to be just sports mail online this is very funny remember we talked about the russians and booze last week listen to this russian astronauts smuggled alcohol on orbiting stations by carrying bottles in hollowed out books and losing weight to sneak containers inside their suits in a bid to work around the ban on booze in space so i sent that to sergio who's russian and what did he say Russian suitleggers. Yes. He came back that quickly with it. That was, cl- I said, where did that come from? You said, I just made it up. I mean, you got bootleggers. Well, now you got suitleggers. Mail online. Trump makes Christmas Eve a full holiday for federal workers for the third year in a row as he continues support for the Christian holiday. I just love the guy. From Fox, four-year-old boy says mall Santa refused his request for a Nerf gun for Christmas and chastised him over guns. Yelled at him. Yeah. Zero Hedge, NHS commercial. This is over in the UK. NHS commercial terrifies kids by showing Santa stricken with COVID. Yeah. Entitled The Gift, the ad shows paramedics giving Santa oxygen as he looks to be at death's door while being transported to a medical ward. Scare the kids. Okay, I got a lesser cure for you. First aid's not the place for the cross. The soldiers complain to their boss. No Testament knew will stick being Jew. They fail to see it's their loss. Okay, I got an irony here for you. This is just so ironic. It's not a Christmas irony, but it is ironic. Now think of this. Just think of it. And I got to explain it too. It's not just one of your one-liners. Ohio coronavirus rules allowing wrestling, but not shaking hands. Yeah, the Ohio High School Athletic Association released an update to their coronavirus regulations with predictable rules, such as the wearing of masks while in community areas and during team travel, and temperature testing before competition. 
However, it also included some seemingly contradictory rules, such as the elimination of athletic handshakes pre and post match. And officials are also no longer allowed to indicate the winner of the match by raising the wrestler's hand. They can wrestle all day long, but they can't touch each other's hands. Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is the superior word. We all wish you a very, very Merry Christmas. And that's your prophecy update for the week.